Hey everybody, this is Xavier Johnson, the uh, producer of the Country Brothers podcast. I just wanted to take some time out to leave a little editor's note at the beginning of the episode. So as you listen, um, this episode does start a little unconventionally. It sort of starts in the middle of a conversation. That is because the pre-episode conversation uh, between the Country Brothers and our guest today, Dale Hollow, was so great that Dominique just decided to press record and let it run. So the beginning of the episode is going to be a little jarring for like the first five or six seconds, but once you kind of jump on the train, it just doesn't stop. Uh, Dale Hollow is an awesome dude, a great storyteller, and they just chat about anything and everything. It's a really fun episode, one of the funnier that we've ever done, and uh, I really hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'll, I'll play the intro music right here. Daylight is so unwelcome Sunshine is creeping across my floor The city bus is driving through my window And I can't sleep anymore Evil is standing in my doorway Death perched at the foot of my bed Destruction's all around plays Negan, the, the villain or whatever, with like the baseball bat with all the wires around it. Uh, oh, we know we know him as Denny Duquette from the... Uh, yeah, from Denny the Duquette died Madden. for our sins. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he, uh, yeah, he was on like Grey's Anatomy or something too, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, and then Emmy Rossum from uh, Shameless. Saw her the other day. And, you, you, you're seeing the dope and, cats. <laughs> listen, I, I'll tell y'all this much. I... My life has just been a series of, I've said it before, but I mean, it was a series of just falling ass backwards in the stuff and then seeing, you know, seeing how I react in the situation, hopefully it uh, gets me onto the next checkpoint. But uh, so far, the celebrity sightings in uh, New York City have been a lot of them recognizing yours truly recognizing them at a certain moment and then yeah. you can see that the face shifts to for the love of god please do not say anything to me uh but uh because you know again i'm tall enough to where it's probably a little a little uh it, maybe not intimidating i hope not but uh a bit peculiar to see me yeah. just kind of like gawking at somebody recognizing the face not knowing the name until after the fact well uh, I think the, uh when i first moved out to hollywood the uh, first celebrity I saw was uh, what's his name? The dude that played Marlo Stanfield from The Wire. And he was oh, yeah. at like a he was at like a bougie grocery store. Yeah, and I'd only been there for like a week, and I was like, I guess, yeah, he gets groceries. Yeah, he's just a oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Is like it was uh, Emmy Rossum was outside a coffee shop that was like down the street from where I was going, and it was like, okay, well, it figures that. Just got to get coffee somewhere. I mean, there's mm-hmm. who knows how many coffee shops up here, but yeah. So, all sorts of celebrity sightings. A real thrill for yours truly, and maybe one day someone will be on a different podcast, regaling for what five minutes now. I've been going on about this <laughs> about seeing yours truly somewhere out in New York, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I digress uh, in that sense. Well, last week when uh, when uh, Jason Woodbury was in New York. And they were doing that uh, thing at the uh, Rockefeller Center as well. 
Mm-hmm. And he said he said he was just meandering about the city and saw Steve Earle, and he was coming right past him. He, he tripped out. He's like, "Is that fucking Steve Earle?" And he's like, "That had to be because he gave gave that same look of just just let me just walk past." So he just kind of he obviously oh, yeah. nothing, but he's like, "I got to see Steve Earle. That was pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's the the wild thing about New York is I mean it's you know literally there's too many people here and it's the highest odds to see the most random people you never thought you'd see but it's always like those again you're talking about the the, the guy from the wire i mean it's it's emmy rossum may be the exception but it's and jimmy iovine obviously but uh it's always like the b and c listers that you don't quite know their name right off the bat but you're like i know your character from somewhere and and but still, it's you, you, and those are probably the people that are are clamoring for someone, at least one person, to stop them on the street and be like, "Hey, I like your work," and that you know, because there's a bit of vanity that uh, goes along with any of the uh, entertainment world. Yours truly included. I mean, you know, if someone stops yours truly on the street every so often, they're usually the ones that want to cut off the conversation, not myself. So, uh, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> My uh, my my borderline narcissism precedes me. <laughs> well, shit, it, was, it was like eight years ago. I was at a bar with this girl, and I look over. I was like, "Is that OG Bobby Johnson?" Because I couldn't place his name. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm gonna go," because I don't I don't like walk up to celebrities because I think it's right. like obnoxious unless it's like a, it's a quick, "Hey, I think you're great." All right, I'm I'm out. But uh, I was like, I gotta say something to OG Bobby Johnson. I used to watch watch South Central every damn day when we was little. Right, yeah. So I like walk over to him. I was like, "Yo, are you OG Bobby Johnson?" He was like, "It is me." We had drinks, <laughs> and he was just a cool fucking dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's you know, every so often it turns into one of those things. That's uh, did y'all ever know? Shoot, what was it? Lunch Money Lewis. Mm-hmm. He had that he had that song Bills. Uh, it was like 2012, 2000, um, probably later than that. I'll say 2000. I got a feel- I was shooting photo at uh, Pilgrimage Festival in in Franklin, Tennessee. You know, thirty minutes south. Um, and he, he was the kind of uh, the lone I would call it like pop hip hop uh, artist. He he was kind kind of like the slightly more hip hop iteration or next iteration off of like uh, was it Swayze. Y'all remember Swayze? Yeah, I remember Swayze. It, yeah, yeah. And so, and this was like one of those inexplicable radio hits. Um, it, it Bills. I mean, he, he did Good Morning America and everything. So anyway, he he's there, and I I'm talking to his drummer, and we're you know hanging out. He's like, Hey, what's the move after this? And I was like, I don't really know, man. I mean, you know, nobody lives in Franklin, but you know, everybody's in Nashville. And so he's like, All right, well, let me get your number, and 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 I'll hit you up and let you know what uh, what lunch is up to. So. Uh, give him my number and uh and he was also trying to uh he was very interested in some of the uh the fairer folks let's call it that that were there at the uh the festival <laughs> and uh and i think it, 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 and at, at that time in, in yours truly life i was uh very much just trying to do stay steady in terms of uh financial means so i wasn't really you know on 
I wasn't on the market. I'd, I'd taken myself off the market, but uh, so I wasn't necessarily prepared to be a wingman. But uh, he, Lenny, was his name. He had he had decided I, I was going to be his wingman, and so uh, he was hitting me up the rest of the day, like, "Hey, what's the move? Let me know what's going on." And so I was like, "I don't know. I mean, we're going. I think some of us are going to go to to Melrose Billiards uh, on Eighth Avenue." And so we go, and and then I don't hear anything from him for like an hour, and then he hits me up. And he's like, "Hey, man, where you been? I'm here." I was like, oh, I'm here too. I don't see you. And he's like, so anyway, they were up at the Sutler, which was the above ground bar, um, which I think is closed now. But uh, I go in there and just to say what's up. And there's like one large table. And it's basically like, you know, one of those kind of Marlon Brando, Godfather length tables. And like, I mean, like out of a sketch comedy thing, lunch is sitting there. And that's the thing, you know, his friends call him lunch, not lunch money, not Lewis, but lunch. Um, friends call him lunch. He, yeah, naturally, um, he's sitting there, the, the head of the table, and he's positioned watching boxing, a boxing match. And it's like one of those ESPN Tuesday night, you know, cards that literally nobody watches, but they, you know, paid with the, uh, the boxing federation. They're like, okay, yeah. well, we'll throw this in there when there's nothing going on. So, I sit down, say what's up, and like the the guy that was tour managing was like Neon Indian's tour manager, and so talked to him briefly because Neon Indian was just in town, and and uh, and he was like, yeah, man, I'll be honest, I don't really know much about lunch. I just you know got hired for this game, like classic tour manager stuff. I feel like half the time, but uh, so anyway, lunch is like really, and he, he I don't want to discredit him being a boxing fan, but. Uh, he is totally engrossed in this this TV, and it's like a you know, thirty two inch television way up, like bolted into the ceiling. So I mean, it's like, it, like you're really selling this to no one in particular. But I happen to be sitting next to him, and I look up at the the TV, and I go, oh, oh, that's Ray Edwards. He used to play on the uh, on the Vikings. He was a defensive end, and and I knew that from playing Madden. I I didn't know that because I was keeping up with boxing or anything. I, and I was like, oh, that's right. That's Ray Edwards. Like, you know, he was one of those those players. If you ever did like the fantasy draft, he was like a reasonable, like an an above average Madden defensive end in terms of athleticism. You could get him but, like third or fourth round. Oh, you could get him like seventh or eighth. It was one of those weird things where like the algorithm was like, yeah, here's this one this one player that does really really well. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and so that's how I knew who who Ray Edwards was. And uh, lunch. You would have thought I told him like the formula to Floyd's secret stuff because he took that and he ran with it the rest of the night. He was we were boys the whole way through because I knew who Ray Edwards was and he was like, yeah, you know, Nail right here, he knows what's going on with boxing. I mean, he's there. You're like, what's you tell me, tell me what you know about Ray Edwards. And I and truly was just like, yeah, he played for the Vikings. He played here. He went to college there, wherever. And truly, like the rest of the night, and I still, he, on occasion, he'll, not so much anymore, but there for a couple years after the fact, Lunch would just send me these different, like, articles about boxing and, like, new boxers, like, what you think about this? And then I was like, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a nice guy, and so I would keep up the charade and quick Google, you know, something about this, like, you know, under, under, undercard featherweight coming out of like uh you know southern california or mexico and be like yeah you know, i heard good things about him and blah 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 but yeah so that's my uh 
my lunch money Lewis story, which again, I think just is, is to, to bolster the, uh, the history of just falling ass backwards into weird situations and just rolling with it. So I guess credit to Madden on that one. <laughs> I think I just would have started making shit up. Like, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, he, uh, he wrote the first draft of Harry Potter. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I, Who knew? Yeah, he, he's like one of the smartest guys to ever play football. I mean, you, he, he broke the wonderlick or whatever. <laughs> he ghost wrote most of Obama's speeches. <laughs> yeah, he was in Obama's administration for a good amount of time. That's why he got out of football for a little bit, and then he – he figured he'd get into boxing, you know, why not? But the deep state don't want you to know about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a, he's an asset of the government now. That's that's what I would do. Any anytime somebody try to talk to me that I don't know, I'm like, all right, I don't want to be rude or mean, but I'm a I'm gonna see how long I can take this bit right. until they go, this dude is fucking with me. <laughs> and then we you both know, get what we want. That that's that's one of those things where I, I when I started out doing like the the music stuff, it was definitely more acerbic, like much more acerbic. Like I was trying to basically do country music, uh, Neil Hamburger, and uh, and then and then I was, you know, doing it in Nashville and everything. There, pe- people understood it, but I think everybody was like on edge that they did not want to be the butt of the joke. And so there was a period there where it really kind of, I, I struggled to find uh, gigs because word got out like, oh, he's kind of like, uh, you know, doing the Don Rickles or, uh, the, you know, the insult comic stuff. And he just happens to have a guitar. And uh, like the first, the first show, the first uh, open mic I ever played. Um, have y'all, are y'all familiar with Douglas Corner in mm-hmm. Nashville? So it's it's not there anymore, but uh, it's on Eighth Avenue, just actually just up the street from uh, Melrose, where I was hanging out with Lunch Money, Lunch, excuse me, uh, your close personal life. Yeah, you guys are friends now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lunch, lunch, lunch. Um, but uh, basically, they were kind of one of the last true like open mics where anybody could get in and perform. But they would do basically like an open call. So on a, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but it was like on a Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m., you had to call in to their landline and then they give the little spiel and you basically just say your name. And then they, you know, they go through and pick the first, not the first five, not the first 10, not the first 20, not the first 30, but like the first 60 songwriters or something ridiculous. And then they go from basically like, 6 p.m. to uh, what was it? I mean, like midnight. And uh, I think the I I only tried it once and I got it, but I was like number 42 or something. And yeah. so so I show up and and it's literally just everyone in the audience is the people that came to perform and like the occasional friend, significant other of somebody on stage. So I've been on those kind of open mics, they're, they're- yeah. Ter- nobody's paying attention. Everybody's just waiting for their turn. If you get kind of a laugh or somebody's like, oh, that was all right, then he's like, all right, I'm going a, I'm to a do that song or I'm going to do that joke, and it's going to fucking crush. Oh, yeah. He made a yeah. fucking one comedian kind of chuckle and then go back to his notebook. It it was exactly that. But it's, but it's songwriters predominantly. I mean, 99% of them were songwriters, and at the time mm-hmm. I was – you know, I had a couple of goofy 
sort of verses, sort of choruses that I was just kind of, I'll just see how this works out. Um, so everyone's sitting there, you can just tell they're just sizing each other up and everything. And mm. so anyway, my, my round finally comes up and, uh, I'm, I'm like, it's like five around. And so I'm like the fourth one to go. And I, uh, I stood up, introduced myself. I said, I'm Dale Hollow, the country music superstar, trademark pending. And then the MC, who's this old, 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 old guy. I mean, I'm talking like true old head, like 68, almost 70 year old Nashville cat. And he goes, what'd you just say? I said, what? I, I said, I'm, I'm the, I'm the country music superstar. He goes, no, you ain't. And I was like, well, yes, I am. He goes, no, you're not. You're here at Douglas Corner. Ain't nobody heard of you. You ain't Blake Shelton. And so this is the other thing. So Blake Shelton, that was like their claim to, sh claim to fame is that years ago, Blake Shelton did his first open mic at, at Douglas Corner or something like that in, in Nashville. He's like, you, but he's like, you ain't no Blake Shelton. I said, yeah, you're right. I'm not. I'm better. And he goes, oh, hell, go ahead. Get it over with. And then I said, I think I sang like a father knows best where like, you know, the, the faking your debt to get out of a relationship song is, is, is what the, the quick uh, elevator pitch of it is. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's Douglas corner for you up the street from uh, the Sutler and Melrose billiards. Um, but yeah, I don't see, even that, know. That's the, that's the biopic that I want to see. He was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm Dale hollow. I don't know who you are. Well, I'm Dale hollow. Well, sing your damn song. And they're like, I well, don't yeah. get it. Cut it's to lunch. Yeah, and then, and then fast forward, yeah, and, and then yours truly and Lunch Money Lewis uh, discussing boxing. I mean, I figure... That's the end of the movie. I, exactly, yeah, yeah. I hit them up, and then there, you know, we start a podcast of our own or something about boxing. It's literally just me lying through the skin of my teeth uh, while he kind of, like, tries to usher along the latest in, uh, in boxing news. And the, the second half of the movie is literally just the podcast. I would watch that. That's it. Yeah, as as we struggle to find funding because uh, the the boxing federation marks this as a a truly unfactual boxing podcast. But then Obama swoops in because he got them connections. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ray, our our only guest we ever have on is Ray Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I ask every time I open up asking him about his time on the Minnesota Vikings, and then uh, lunch starts to get into the nitty gritty of boxing, and I. Uh, mysteriously disappear to uh, to I the have laptop. Nothing to add. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Take it easy. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Make that movie. <laughs> hey, listen. I, I'm trying to just get somebody to underwrite it, man. I'm I'm done trying to spend my own money on this stuff. That's for sure. Dominique, you got to use your capital connections. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call in all my favors and get that half movie, half podcast. <laughs> yeah now what that it, that'll be the thing that that resolves the streaming uh, uh dilemma happening right now is like oh you got to leverage it into uh, half a movie and then a, a long-standing podcast so it, it just lives on and on and on and on or something like that i don't know we're just here yeah. on the country well, brothers podcast uh figuring out how to uh fix and resolve the issues of old media and new media on streaming <laughs> platforms of the world folks welcome Movies have too much shit going on. Podcasts don't have enough. We need to meld the two. <laughs> it's we need synergy. That's right. The, the synergistic, uh, uh, I'm just trying to 
<laughs> I was going to try and throw in a bunch of buzzwords, but then I said synergistic, and I was like, oh, that is a word, but then I lost myself. Xavier, throw in a bunch of buzzwords. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dale, well, if you feel like it, just tell Xavier to drop some shit in. He'll drop it in. Simple as that. Oh, yeah, okay, perfect. That's Anything. <laughs> you you give right. it a shot. What do you yeah, want to all right. Uh, Xavier, drop a... Uh, Drop your credit card number, social security number, and date of birth, and primary address into the podcast, but uh, only where yours truly can hear it. Sell for three, rattle that out, and the Golden State Warriors have come from 17 down with an incredible fourth quarter comeback to get their 39th win of the season, sweep the Texas two-step, and dominate in the fourth quarter in San Antonio. Boom, we perfect. To see he got you. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, ni- 19 minutes into the podcast, uh, <laughs> we actually have a guest. <laughs> the, the, on the Country Brothers podcast, <laughs> the one and only Dale Hollow. Yes, yes, yes. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> the greatest ever. You know, when Dale Hollow is on, we don't play by the rules. We, we get things going... 19 minutes in. That's right. Yeah. Just pure chaos coming in. Got to just start vomiting out weird anecdotal stories. That's, that's, that's what yours truly is all about. And I think after people hearing that, some people might be confused, but like, damn, are they still brothers? Are they still black? Do they still like country music? Listen, motherfuckers, we're the country brothers because we are black. We are brothers. And we like country music. It has not changed. Okay? Not a bit. Jeebus Christmas. Jeebus Christmas. But now Del Hollow is an uh, honorary. Hey, I'll honorary take it. Country brother. I, it. It is yours truly's honor. Truly. I mean, you got the, you got the swag, so pretty sure you can hang. I, I, I You know... If you talk to my good friend Lunch, he'd probably tell you that, that yours truly can hang. <laughs> At least when when Ray Edwards is on TV. I feel like yeah, after this, I'm gonna go on a Ray Edwards rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point. I, I hope that uh, there's at least like a nice ten minute long uh, career highlights of uh, Ray Edwards. Uh, football career because I don't think his his boxing career went all that well. But Ray, if you're listening, and if yours truly is wrong, which is highly likely, yours truly apologizes in advance, and you are welcome to the guest list of any of yours truly shows in perpetuity. It would be yours truly's honor to uh, to have you out. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. That's right. So uh, you you just moved to New York, right? I did. Is that how have you have you played any shows there yet? So far, not yet. There are materializing, and I'm sure when this out, but materializing is what usually will say. There, I'm trying to work out some different with me. Um, when we tour and everything, but uh, they're still in Nashville. They're not going anywhere. That that has come up a couple of times, and it's you know, Lord knows they they have uh, 
pulled the ultimate uh, fast one on yours truly and Dalton and Chris are, are so good at their respective instruments that uh, they they write these parts on, on my songs that uh, I truly don't think many other people would be able to replicate. So uh, they're, they're mm -hmm. truly indispensable this time. Um, but yours truly is obviously happy to have them be in that capacity. But uh, yeah, up here, I'm trying to do more of a kind of a flesh out more of the comedy side of it. So I still, you know, doing the songs and stuff, but uh, also working on more kind of more bits, more material stuff like that. Not that I'm going to be doing stand up or anything, but, you know, have a couple of solid, you know, two, three minute bits uh, in between songs and whatnot. Because yours truly has been told that in terms of agencies and, and one on opening slots, if you can do solo, that's a huge, huge aid. So message yeah. to all the agents out there, yours truly can do full band and solo, I suppose. Uh, like it was five years ago, I did a uh, I did some show, but it was like a metal booker in the audience, and he was like, "Hey man, do you want to come uh, do stand up in between uh, these metal bands?" And my initial reaction, and what I should have just stuck with, was absolutely not. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> but I was like, "That's probably gonna be weird. Nobody's gonna like it." And I'm, I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it." And I get there, nobody's into it. And it's like fucking grindcore, like real loud, nasty, fucking super aggressive metal. No women in the audience. Just <laughs> dudes, black shirts, haven't showered in forever. And I'm just up there. Tell, and I was just doing my material at the time. No metal shit, no nothing. It was just regular weird shit. Nobody liked it. I was having a good time doing it. And then afterwards... This dude was like, hey, man, you're really funny. And I was like, thank you. Normally, that should be the end of it because I was on my way out. Right. My man was like following me around the bar. And I'm like, hey, man, glad you had a good time. I'm going to go and get out of here. Hey, uh, so when's your next show? I'm like, no, I'm not in this groove. I don't want to. <laughs> this was weird for me. This was a joke. He like follows me to the train. And oh, I'm God. like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, so where are you going? I was like, hold on, wait, what the fuck is going on? So then I got to get off the train and like circle around till I lose this dude. It was the strangest things that ever happened. It was just a guy fucking following me around for like two hours. He was going to eat me if I like, if he knew where I lived, I was going to get fucking murdered and eaten. He was, he was, a, he was younger or he looked younger. So he was probably like in his like early mid twenties. Which okay. is like when somebody want to talk to you after a show, I think it's rude to just dismiss them completely. But also, I don't want to be friends with every single person that comes up to me at a metal show. Uh, so I talked to him for a little bit, but I wanted to like be done with it. But this dude was like fucking. He was probably high or something. He probably don't. He probably didn't even remember it after I lost him at the train. But Dominique was telling the story about the 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 creepy person. The, the over overzealous uh, person following him. Overzealous. Yes, right. overzealous on, on the train and everything. Now, that reminded me of a story that I love to uh, to, to poke fun at uh, Chris Winfrey about. Um, Chris plays in the Long Con. He's my guitar player. He's technically the band leader of the Long Con. Um, so this was his birthday. I want to say back in like 2018 or 2019. 
something like that. And um, there was this hotel that had just opened up in downtown Nashville. It was the Cambria Hotel. Um, <clears throat> and they had a, a, a music venue, because that's naturally in Nashville, I suppose. Every hotel has to open with a music venue, and, and everyone's it, there's going to be a packed house every single night. Not the case, to be totally honest. But anyway, um, so <clears throat> they managed to book Charlie Crockett um, to be the the opening inaugural act, nice. and it was, a, it was a free show. And I get, and this was in Americana country and Western worlds. I mean, Charlie was definitely getting a, a very solid foothold, but he wasn't mm-hmm. quite at the level that he's at now, obviously. Um, but so Chris really wanted to go to. Uh, um, to see Charlie Crockett. And so like, yeah, let's go. So we, we go. And I think Dalton was there too. Dalton plays drums in the long con, um, and a couple other folks. So we go and, um, it's a free show and there, there's, I'm trying to think of the, the, the most respectful way to say this. There, there should have been more people there. Yours truly will say there should have been more people there. And um, and it was a great show. I mean, it's Charlie Crockett. You you never there's never a bad Charlie Crockett show in yours truly's opinion. But the stage is one of those stages where it's maybe like six inches above where the standing room of the uh, the the audience is going to be. Mm-hmm. So it is you're basically eye to eye with with Charlie and the band. And so we're kind of standing there, <laughs> and uh, Chris had gotten a few drinks in him. He was having a good time. He was feeling himself, and he was thrilled to uh, to see Charlie. And uh, so, in between every song, Chris Chris would yell, "Hey, Charlie! 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 Yeah, Charlie!" And at a certain point, we were like, "Chris, you got to shut up, shut up, man!" <laughs> like, <laughs> and and we had only just started kind of like, you know playing my music together, and so I wasn't really like, "Hey, man, be cool." Maybe one day we'll be, you know, rubbing elbows with Charlie Crockett, but it was more so like, hey, man, be cool. Like, this is, it's pretty easy for us to just probably get blackballed entirely. Because this is the other thing. Chris was wearing a Dale Hollow shirt, and like, I made like five Dale Hollow shirts as a joke, and Chris happened to wear it. <laughs> so I was like, great, man. Awesome. And so they finished the show. And like I said, Chris had had a few drinks in him. He was having a good time, feeling himself. And he was like, man, I want to go get a picture with Charlie Crockett. And I said, absolutely, go get a picture with Charlie Crockett. So he, go, he goes, waits in line, meets up with Charlie. Charlie's like, hey, how you doing, man? You having a good time? I saw you having a good time out there. And he's like, oh, yeah, Charlie, absolutely. Hey, man, where are y'all staying? <laughs> and to, to Charlie's credit, he kind of, you know, oh, hey, listen, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth on that. And he was like, no, seriously, where are y'all staying? Like, maybe we can we can give you guys some recommendations on like some bars or, or like you know, a place where we can all grab a grab a beer. And I'm like sitting there and and I'm trying to, you know, again, cut it out, man. Cut it out. Like, don't stop. And he's and he's like, oh, like, let me just take it. And so then Charlie's like, all right, man, you want a picture? Let's take a picture. And so we take the picture, and it's a it's a funny, I'll find the photo at some point. Um, but uh they take the photo and then they you know, Charlie quickly takes off to go handle, you know, some business elsewhere or something. And we were like, Chris, man, you know where they're staying. They're staying at this hotel. And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's like, oh, so, 
that's a weird thing to ask somebody, man. That's a like that's the first thing you ask. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're probably right, man. Well, cool, Charlie, Charlie Crockett. That's uh, like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I got yeah, Charlie like, Crockett. <laughs> yeah, it's Charlie Crockett, man. I mean, he's you know I, I give him credit for that, but but it's just funny as as far as like talking about that stuff. There, you know, when we've been on tour, they happened a couple times. Like, where are y'all staying? And it's like, you know, nah. I don't, it's like I don't exactly know where we're staying, but you know, it's an Airbnb that's in the suburbs because. Airbnbs and you know Denver or Fort Collins or wherever are uh, you know expensive, but uh, but yeah, so it's funny. Yeah, it's 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 the karmic cycle. It all comes around, right? Well, speaking of uh, Fort Collins, how was that show at the uh, Tour de Fat? Oh man, it was a blast. That was uh, it was it was wild because there were thousands of people there, and it was it was the first time they had done it since uh, I think pre-COVID so it's like what 2019 so that's you know three years of kind of waiting 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 and uh we yeah we had a blast we technically closed out the festival we were the last ones to play so that's kind of a that's one of those things that uh, yours truly will take and uh you know make super super vague in a press release and uh you know (laughs) closing out a festival means uh in in PR speak uh, have headlined festivals in the past and, and, you know, tour to fat, that's a big festival. Um, and, and, uh, but yeah, it was great. They were super sweet to us too. I mean, they set us up in their, their headquarters, green room, had everything set, you know, I'm, uh, yours truly still kind of marvels over the fact that, uh, we have a rider that, you know, I, try to put stuff on and and i think like well may i'm just curious to see where the where the threshold is of like okay they won't get this and they got everything that we put on there i mean it's not putting anything crazy but uh yeah your, yours truly puts on puts pre-workout on my uh on the rider now just because like you know I, I that's something that i do drink before a show you know get the get that itch going where you want to shave your eyebrows off um and then, and then translates to the page, but uh, but yeah, I was like, oh man, I should start putting this on the rider because you know if they get it, that saves me the three fifty four dollars, however much it is to buy a can of it because it's Lord knows it's expensive. But uh, but yeah, uh, but at the top of the rider, it's basically they, it got, it says Dale Hall and the Long Con uh, Tour Hospitality Rider, you know twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, whatever, um, and basically I put in italics. Um, apologies if this is it, apologies if any of this is too difficult to find period feel free to omit anything that is inconvenient for y'all <laughs> the total opposite of a writer <laughs> so, still feeling that out i mean that's where we're we're on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of where uh you know the only the brown m&ms or the green m&ms or the jack sure. guacamole uh recipe but yeah so tour de fat they were great, man. I mean, they were, they treated us well. Asher and his whole team. I mean, they were super cool. Um, nice. Got to see Black Joe Lewis, who's one of those guys that. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I, I've been, I remember when, I think he was, I want to say it was Sugarfoot. It was like the, the iTunes free song of the week or something. Mm-hmm. And, and that was when they were doing the free songs of the week. I mean, I was religiously like every what was it, Tuesday, back when songs used to, your albums used to drop. And so I'm like, all right, cool, download this, download this, download this. And 
And so like my iTunes library was a bunch of, you know, all due respect to everyone that had a, a free uh, single. I'm sure if yours truly, if they were still doing it, yours truly might have a chance of being the free single. And I'm sure there'd probably be someone who'd be like, yeah, no, that's, that didn't age well. But, uh, but yeah, his, his, he was one of the ones that I found through that and it, and it worked. I mean, I've been a big fan of his ever since. And I think I, I don't know if he's just a San Antonio guy, but I think he's a Spurs fan as well. So that's why I didn't get a chance Uh-oh. to him because our sets kind of kind of cut into each other, um, as is you know tends to be the case at festivals. But uh, you know when I watched like the half of his set that I could, he's wearing a Spurs hat and he you know plays in a Spurs jersey quite a bit, rocking the Tim Duncan. So uh, so Black Joe Lewis, if you're out there, listen, man. You know, us Spurs fans got to stick together because it's a rough year ahead. But, uh, but yeah, if you ever want to talk if, about the good old days, the good old days, yeah, the beautiful game, and want to try and get the uh, the Spurs to sponsor a tour, yours truly would be honored to open for you. <laughs> hey Xavier, play a play a little bit of "Bitch I Love You" by Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Bitch, I love you. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. That's, that's my jam. Man, those that songs. That is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> those songs go so hard, and I love it. I mean, I love it because he's, you know, I, I don't I don't have the that kind of scream the way that he's got it. That I mean, yeah. that's so cool. But, like, him and Charles Bradley, man, they are kind of the, the template for me as far as, like, singing with that, uh, you know, that real, real emotive kind of, like, yeah. scream. But at the same time. Yours truly is also learning that uh, there's a thing called vocal control, which uh, I have no no vocal <laughs> background, so had to learn that pretty quickly after the first uh, couple of shows that we played, and um, that like okay, the microphone is there for a reason, so you don't gotta yep. you know, try and scream into it so you can hear yourself through the monitors. But uh, yeah, so we're learning, we're learning here. But uh, but yeah. Credit to Black Joe Lewis and, and uh, Charles Bradley for uh, influencing yours truly in that capacity. And uh, credit to Charles, I'm sorry, not Charles Bradley, to Black Joe Lewis for being a Spurs fan, presumably, and uh, making fantastic music. I think that's a, a common through line with Spurs fans is they just make great music. Watch, you're going to find out that Black Joe Lewis is just doing a bit. He's like, it's going to be fucking hilarious. He's like, I he, fucking hate Spurs. He, he just fucking... thinks black and silver looks cool, but can't stand Greg Popovich yeah. or something. And he's like, I can't fault him for that either. But, uh, but hey, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I remember like, years he's, he's ago. He's the guy that's just waiting for the Supersonics to come back. Listen. Damn. Man. Sean Kemp. Yeah, Sean Kemp. Really Sean Kemp fan. Detlef Shrimp, didn't he play for them? Detlef played for him. Vin Baker. That yeah, that was one of those one of those eras where it was like they had a few players that uh they had they had some they had some some real players there. I mean, uh, you know, even all the way up to Brent Barry. When Brent Barry was there, uh mm-hmm. what was his name? Winning uh, the dunk contest. Yeah, no, that, yeah. That's when we played with the Clippers, but he was yeah, still dunk. Yeah, Clippers and he did a cartwheel. Was that what it was? He did like a cartwheel or a flip or something. And then he just did <laughs> he like did a- he did a cartwheel and then he won. But the only reason why he won is because he didn't take his uh, joggers off 
and just dunk from the uh from the free throw line. And it was yeah, like, oh yeah. my god, he didn't take pants off. Like, yeah, that's I, what got him. I remember watching that for the first time and 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 having the thought of like, mm, you know, I think someone's getting a little too much credit here for 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 just being you know being Brent yep. Barry there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, and it was like, uh, yeah, representation is important. But at the same time, I mean, like, look, you know, fast forward to when uh, New Orleans Pelicans era Chris Anderson was in the uh, the dunk contest, and that was like one of the worst dunk contest attempts anyone's ever had. I don't, I can't remember. I want to say he he never finished a single dunk, and it was not like. He was trying to do any sort of, you know, Aaron Gordon or um, Kenny Skywalker type stuff. I mean, it was straight up just like he's trying to do a windmill and can't get it, like, can't get it past his, you know, that that shoulder point. And and then I two think hand slam backwards, yeah, two hand slam. Yeah it's, exactly, yeah, it's like okay, starting underneath the backboard and kind of leaning forward and dunking it backwards. And, and meanwhile, Marv Albert's losing his shit. He's like, it's it's about the fundamentals. Right? Yeah. And he quick runs off and bites someone in the audience. You know, classic Marv. <laughs> the oh, fact Marv. that that man still got a job, <laughs> like twenty five, almost thirty years later, from biting a woman is beyond me. <laughs> Listen, man. There, there's some. I mean, that it's all pro sports. They've got their weird foibles about them, but the NBA's got some like just real strange ones where it's like, man, you know, how does this? I, I don't know. I guess you argue. Well, it was a different era, but uh, you know, I think biting is biting. I was just saying, no, no matter what the era is, if you're older than uh, two years old and you're biting somebody, it's kind of like, nah. That's just a weird person with problems. Chris Collinsworth looked like a motherfucker that bites people. Like Chris Collinsworth, if something came out that he just bites strangers, like in crowded like fucking malls and shit, I'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. Have you watched him with uh, with Mike Tirico on the new uh, uh, their their new broadcast team? I don't think they like each other. Oh my gosh, I I watched (laughs) the first. And Chris looked like he wanted to jump out of the booth the whole time. I mean, like he even got rid of the the little slide that he would do all the time coming in next to uh, to Mar yep. or uh, to Al, and uh, and now he's just sitting there and he just looks so absolutely defeated. Like here I am, another paycheck, got to pay off my mortgage Cause, in Cincinnati. Because the other dude just keeps like nagging him and just like just fucking with him the whole time and he's like i played football i was a pretty good wide receiver i've been doing this for 25 years why am i with this dude who just being a jerk <laughs> so mike Tarico is time. notorious for being an asshole to people yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of the most famous uh jerks working is is Tarico. i feel like he's probably up there in the sports world the way that uh that chevy chase is in uh in film and television i mean he's shit probably He's got a lot. Well, of he stuff. did say he w- he wasn't black; he was Italian. It's like it's Tarico. It's like my man. Like and, and the I'll, fucked I, up part of it, every time, like after that day, anytime he says his last name, he does the fingers. They fucking <laughs> Tarico. I'm like, that's not helping your cause, man. I was gonna say, yeah, he's he's just he's trying to bring it on at this point. You're uh, overdoing it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Now that's the <laughs> the those I. So I I really like the 
I worked in radio for a while, and and so I'm I've always been real into like the broadcast teams and everything. And while I do not condone Mike Tirico's behavior, I do not condone Marv Albert's behavior. Um, there is a uniquity that I don't know that now all of the all the new school of. Uh, of, of broadcasters seem to be doing like a Joe Buck impression and and, and kind of keeping it real straight laced. And now as yeah. Joe Buck gets older, he's starting to go off the rails too, talking about whatever. <laughs> I mean, he like I, I figured he's, he's probably the last vestige of uh, you know those old broadcast dudes, dudes and, and gals um, having you know. A bit of a a more outward personalized personality. I think at a certain point they're all going to be kind of uh, you know dulled down because I don't know they want to put. I mean that's kind of why I like a kid to live calling games. Yeah, a kid no, to right. live is country as fuck. But a he knows football because he yeah. was great at it. But b he's fucking fun to listen to call a game. He's, oh yeah, excellent. Put yeah, him no, on Monday I mean, Night Football. If, if I was Amazon, I would have I would have gotten a, a keep to leave in the booth with uh, with Al instead of Kirk Herbstreit because Kirk Herbstreit just kind of sits there for three hours not saying anything. I mean, you know, he's the third well, down, like third and six. He's like, well, it's a real important, uh, real important down here. It's like, well, yeah, Kirk, that's true because if they don't convert it, they're probably going to have to punt the ball. <laughs> But thank you. Until somebody from Ohio State comes on, he was like, "Fucking, you remember Cordell Lewis, or whatever?" <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, "Oh man, well, uh, you know, I don't know if you're Aaron Rodgers is on the field. Well, Aaron Rodgers is a frequent guest on the Pat McAfee show, and you know who's the co-host of the Pat McAfee show is Ohio State product AJ Hawk. Man, he was the greatest. I love AJ Hawk, one of the finest. <laughs> like I played a little football myself. Like yeah. don't nobody remember you." Kirk Herb Street, get out of here. Yeah, no, he was yeah, he was a weird era of Ohio State, but uh Well the Pat McAfee is on uh college game day now and he's ooh, he's he's giving it to them old heads because he's just like, Y'all hired me to do to be oh, me, yeah. I'ma be me, and he's a maniac. It's so dope to see. I, well, I, Lee Corso looks like he's on the on the brink of death. I might yeah, let that man go. Put that man Lee, on some oxygen. Lee's Lee is, you know. I think I, I hope that this is kind of a victory lap season or, or year for Lee because I think yeah. maybe to, to bow out gracefully would be great. But uh, you know, I've I've not been in that position. I, I've but I can almost be certain if I was on a show like College Game Day, my behind would be sitting in that chair and throwing on the little uh, mascot helmets till the day I died. They'd have to, you know, I'd have to <laughs> suffocate inside one of the mascot helmets before they. <laughs> I'm they, scared he's going to. I mean, well, so the, the, here's the thing about, about Pat is I feel like Pat is acting the way that uh, the producers always thought that Lee was, and or mm, the, yep. the, and now it's like, oh wait, no, this is this is really this is much more animated than Lee ever could have gotten. But uh, but that, that Pat McAfee, I I don't really I don't really listen to his podcast a whole lot, but um, I. As, as someone who is now in the world of having contracts and having to be con- cognizant of, uh, I can't just throw stuff out there or, you know, I can't just do mm-hmm. you know, work with, with person X or person Y because of contractual obligations, um, i.e. I don't have enough money to afford getting sued um, or, or to buy out of contracts. But uh, 
uh, I'm, I have no idea. How, I mean, obviously he's just got all the money in the world now, but like he's doing the WWE stuff. He's got college game day. He's got his own stuff. He's got the sports book stuff. And it's like, surely there's a conflict of interest in there somewhere, but I guess in the world of sports media, Pat McAfee is in all of most everybody's mind. The only person that, Makes people watch, I suppose. It's all FanDuel, baby. Yeah. yeah. Got to get the bets in. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's where the money is. I mean, that's where it wasn't it. What was it like Adam Schefter or someone was going to get uh, uh, stolen away from ESPN or something? Or he, yep. he tried to make it seem like that just to get more money from ESPN. And then, and then he – everybody's going off the rails, man. I mean, he starts tweeting out weird stuff on Twitter and – well, now it's weird because, like, you like now football is like it's all just gambling at this point. Like, nobody oh, even sure. cares about the game. There's like, oh man, it was a good thing that uh, that they that they kicked that field goal because I covered the spread. Right. Like, but your team just lost. You on you on college you on uh, NFL Network. I mean, talking about yeah, it's, <laughs> talking about your spread. And at the same time, Calvin Ridley gets uh, suspended for the season. Just for putting some wagers on other games, I mean, he's not the only person doing that. Like, they know that's the case. Seriously. They know that's the case. But, uh, but yeah, no, the gambling stuff, that is remarkably the the uh, the one thing that uh, yours truly has always managed to kind of be very, very arm's length with. Um, mm-hmm. To the point of which I will just Venmo like $5 to uh, – to Christopher, Christopher's he's a he's a big sports gambler and he's very good at it. But all he so he's my bookie. I I'll just Venmo him five, <laughs> five bucks and say, hey, this is not an official hollow headed enterprise expense. But here you go. <laughs> just kidding. For the record, yours truly does not do that. There's no workaround for anyone in the IRS who might be listening. It's all above board. Um, and also, I think if you do something that could get you in trouble, you should be able to just apply that suspension or punishment to Josh Gordon. Right. And just be like, hey, he's going to get in trouble anyway. Listen, yeah, Can you just give it to Josh Gordon? With Josh Gordon, when we were on the road in Colorado, he was coming into the Titans for a, for a workout. And, uh, and Chris and I got into a little debate about, you know, whether or not he would move the needle one way or another for the Titans. And, uh, and I was, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think he's gonna. He's gonna. I, hopefully, he makes makes it onto the field. But I did not feel real great about it, um, only because the Titans, under various coaching staffs, have a history of signing uh, wide receivers well after their uh, their expiration date, and uh, thinking that you know, like, do you remember the the, the Tennessee Titans era of uh, Randy Moss? He played for like what three games or something? Yeah, was like, I forgot ah, all I'm about done. that. Yeah, no, he was he was classic like waiver wire fodder, and, and it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring in Randy Moss, and he's gonna be great, and uh, you know this will resurrect. God, I don't I don't even remember who was quarterback. I it must have been Mariota, if not Mariota, maybe maybe Jake Locker or someone. But uh, but yeah, no, that was it's it's been a it's not been a horribly rough go for the Titans, but at the same time. I think after last year, unfortunately, this is going to be a a real real bad swing for. Uh, it's looking rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, I 
I don't know. I, I'll say this. Chris has more faith than uh, than yours truly does. I think this is one of those, all right, let's just uh, try and get Bryce somehow. Let's just call off the season. You know, one of those classic Mike Vrabel wins coach of the year the year before and gets fired after or something like that. Not saying. I well, my Colts need to do that. My Colts need to need to lose to you guys twice. <laughs> well, it's, so we can get them. <laughs> it, it, it seems like the AFC South is just a race to the bottom this year. I mean, that's. I don't think anybody's. Hooray. Yeah, it's. I think Davis Mills very well may come out uh, looking the best out of all the quarterbacks in the division because uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still out on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's he's too uh, he's too much like. Uh, He's like a, a sunshine uh, cosplay from Remember the Titans. He, that's always what he struck me. <laughs> Damn, as. like like there's like there are moments where it's like, yeah, he actually, you know, he could be good, but there's still, I don't know. I, I say that, and Doug Peterson. If he was better than his hair. Yeah, yeah. He's that's the thing is the hair and the and the level of play are still kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's still level there. Yeah, yeah. I think defensive backs are like, ah, I don't take this dude seriously. Not at all. If this was 1996, all. maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. 1996, six six coming in, being whatever he is, two forty, two, you know, almost two fifty or something. It's like, oh, this is a quarterback's quarterback. He's he's like the uh, what was his name, like Gus Farrat, and uh, you know, like Drew Bledsoe, like you know, kind of Drew big, Bledsoe, big dudes that kind of have an arm and can kind of move, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like, there's no. Uh, they're not doing any sort of uh, off-season training that's that's going to, you know, wind up on Instagram or anything like that. Like, that, that it's convenient that their workouts do not wind up on uh, on TikTok or Reels the way that, uh, say, like Jameis Winston's do, which I'm a big fan of Jameis Winston's workout videos. Oof. Those are – that is, that is someone who is working well within his budget to get his workouts going, and I love it. As a Bucks yeah. fan, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm glad he ain't on my team no more. But at the Boy. same time, it's the same guy that plays with four cracked vertebrae in his back. So, you know. Hey, I we I hate watching Saints games. And like, there's a ninety percent chance that the Bucks are going to lose against the Saints. But that's yeah. Like my man said, you can always count on Jameis being Jameis. That man going to throw an interception. Hey, listen, I would love or two or three. I would love to have a conversation with Jameis just on like. Leadership, his view on that and how all that works. Because I, I think I can say, you know, kind of a funny, goofy thing off the cuff, but that dude, he is like, <laughs> he's like, I mean, Andy Kaufman level, like genius, yep. <laughs> in, like surreal comedy with some of that stuff. I mean, Ida W is the one of the funniest things that I've That's ever cool seen. That's some cool shit to tell somebody. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, it, I'll be honest, I, I, it would take me a second to kind of gather what's going on, but at the same time, it's like, all right, I'm kind of there with you. But I love the, the footage of it because you see all of, like, not to generalize, but a lot of linemen tend to be a little kind of, you know, not totally humorless, but in the midst of the game, they're the ones who know that, like, I'm about to spend the next hour or so slamming my head into somebody else so you got to get in a totally totally different dark like you know berserkers headspace for that and then you got Jameis here going we got to eat a w in front of everybody and it's just i cannot imagine that like pulling you out of that stoic mindset like hold on wait let's break that down what do you mean (laughs) 
How exactly are we going to do that? Eat a W, you know what it means, yeah. and then just walk away. Right. Yeah, that's what he should have done. Instead, he gotten like six guys' faces and then mimed eating the W. So at least he got his point across. But now we don't have Mike Evans. I, know. I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. But I will say, I mean, his his argument was fair. As far as I guess Tom Brady, what do you expect me to do? So, you know, I give him credit for that. But at the same time, if ever there was a year to uh, to maybe not defend Tom Brady outside of the deflate gate year, I figured it'd be this year as, as he's – I think he's about to enter his, uh, his true midlife crisis because um, – Sounds sounds like there's some trouble at home, but uh, it's not yours truly's place to uh, to be too <laughs> presumptuous about that. I did see the tweet that uh, Giselle put out at the beginning of the season that was "Go Buccaneers!" I love my husband! Exclamation point hashtag NFL or something like that, which seemed totally natural and not uh, under the urgence of uh, a corporate PR firm <laughs> right. to for the love of God, please. Quote. Yeah, Hank Jr., can you write this tweet? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's some some twenty two year old intern who's like, okay, well, I've I've never been married, but what would I say if I was having a hard time with my my significant other? I love my husband. Right. I love, I love my, husband. my husband. That's it. Hashtag NFL. <laughs> Me, Giselle Bunchin. Yeah. Hello. Spelled the name wrong. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. My, I am the highest paid model in the world, and I or I don't know if she is now, but at one point. Yeah, that's a bunch of Wikipedia facts. <laughs> yeah, and I'm from Brazil. <laughs> Other notable Brazilians include did you know, Anderson Silva. Did you know in Brazil they call soccer football? But the football I'm cheering for is the one that my husband, who I love very much, plays. Well, go Bucks, but not the stopped. basketball team. Because <laughs> we're talking football. Go Bucks, not Joe Buck. I will not be at the game, though, but for other reasons that you should not use under the assumption that I do not care for my husband or anything of that nature. We will see each other (laughs) at the home that we both live in later this evening after the game. Tell Skip Bayless I say hi. Yeah, something like that. Speaking of the Bucks, you got any tour dates coming up? Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) Genius segue. Uh, there, there are some that will be uh, announced soon. It's kind of you know with the the album stuff. Um, there's a lot of how's that going? Uh, it's great. I, we pretty much. I mean, you know, yours truly is done with all the all the stuff that yours truly has to do. I mean, obviously, still have to listen yeah. to you know, kind of finalizing you know masters and and, and mixes and whatnot, but. Uh, we got the we got the track list. We got all that stuff. Uh, have the excuse me. Have the working uh, title that I think is going to wind up being the the actual title. And uh, and and it's it is. I George truly loves it. I think it's uh, it's one that uh, will work out well. Um, it is not in an an eponymous album title name. Um, originally, I thought that I would name my debut record, full-length record, eponymous, just to confuse the writers <laughs> out there. Nice. And and see, or either that or just S uh, uh, slash T, you know, the shorthand for self-titled. Yeah. And uh, 
But uh, you know, that's one of those things where I think I was trying to get a little too uh, too self elevating about it. But uh, the the album title, I, I love it, and uh, the the label likes it, and uh, you know, everyone that I've I've told it to likes it so far. Um, and uh, but yeah, so it's fun. I mean, it's it's kind of all all over the place. Uh, we got skits. A la, you know, yeah. those like late '90s, early 2000s uh, rap records. There's a, uh, you know, there's oh, there's shit. a rant or two in there. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's 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 backing vocals, which has never happened before. So that's uh, that's huge in yours truly's mind. Um, that's a huge nice. uh, example of of yours truly's personal growth in my uh, modesty and, and my uh, selflessness and opening up the uh, <laughs> opening up the creative process. Um, but, but all joking aside, I mean, everyone that played on it is, is awesome. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. All that being said, it'll come out sometime in 2023 is uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, with all that, we got to kind of figure that out, but there'll be some, there'll be some tour dates to answer your original question <laughs> about, uh, you know, <laughs> And what is it? Almost October. There'll be some tour dates late October, uh, mid November, then a couple one offs in December, and then I think any LA uh, dates. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll have to find out. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, nice. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So and then twenty twenty three, I think, is when things really sort of hit the ground real heavy for us, real real heavy. So. Um, your shoes excited about that, but also grateful to have a little bit of time to kind of at least make New York feel a little more like home before, uh, you know, yeah. spending who knows the next year, year and a half on the road. But, uh, but that's a privilege that, uh, yours truly gets to, uh, to even consider that or do that in the first place. So I'm, I'm real Ain't grateful to get to do that because, uh, it beats some of the other jobs yours truly's had in the past. I do have a, a quick question before we wrap it up. Yeah, uh, I feel like you and like a lot of like other like country uh, musicians. There's a lot of cats who uh, might not like or give a shit about any other country music, but they're like, I like Dale Hollow. Right. Uh, like, do you do you take that as like kind of a weird like backhanded compliment, or are you like, cool, you like me, I I play what I play, or is it like, well, maybe check out some other shit too. Oh, I mean, as far as like, do I, do I tell people to, when they, if they tell me that to, to only. Like, do you think it's weird yourself? Not that you would tell them. Oh, I see. I see. I I was going to say, well, I can make a joke here. So like, yes, when someone says that to me, I say, good, don't listen to anybody else. Uh, (laughs) No, but in reality, I mean, I, I, it, it, that is something that, that I've noticed as far as, um, you know, when people, for some of the folks that are fans of, of myself, uh, they don't necessarily, I mean, there is a lot of like, I don't like country music, but I came across your guys' stuff and, and, and I like it. And, and I think some of that is just cause I mean, our backgrounds, I have, I don't really have a musical background per se, but you know, growing up, listened to a lot of, a lot of hip hop and then kind of segued into, uh, I, I, you know, I talked to Dewan about it. I was had a really heavy B2K uh, Omarion face, like embarrassingly yeah. so. <laughs> um, and then somehow from that, like shifted into uh, that like British reinvasion of uh, like Block Party, Arctic Monkeys, 
and whatnot. And then Chris and Dalton talking our language. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I don't understand what that through line was, but that was just a real natural fit. But, uh, and then Chris and Dalton, I mean, Chris has got real heavy blues and, uh, like rock and roll, like true rock and roll kind of influence. And then Dalton, uh, grew up basically being the runner for a club that his, his dad ran for a long time. And they would get a lot of metal acts, a lot of, uh, you know, punk acts coming through. And, uh, but then he, you know, when he started playing drums, got really into gospel. So he's got like these incredible gospel chops. So all that being said, I mean, we don't, none of us really have a huge country music background. So I think that might be part of it, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm always flattered when people say that, but at the same time, I'm not going to stand here and say, don't listen to, uh, you know, don't listen to nobody else except me. I mean, there's all sorts of great people out there. Like I've been listening a lot to uh, Jet Holden lately. I think Jet's amazing and uh, yeah. a songwriter. Um, and then, you know, and then there's all, you know, again, we were talking about Charlie earlier. I mean, there's Charlie Crockett. It's incredible. There's, you know, people like Orville. And, and I think all those, all those acts with myself thrown in there are different points on the, the country music spectrum. And so that's where, you know, I'll, uh, you know, again, it's not my place to tell people what to listen to, but I try to direct them towards some of the other folks uh, out there that I think are doing good work. Um, so, yeah, so it's really interesting um, when that happens, but, uh, you know, flattering nonetheless, and just kind of amusing as well, because it's like, I, I think there are much better songwriters and musicians than, than myself, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. listen, if you're if if I'm the only thing you listen to, I look forward to the very very fulfilling exploration that you'll have listening to some of these other better artists. Yeah, when you hit that Spotify, any, you uh, might also like. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. I, I would hope that's a real thrill for folks. Are there any uh, like like indie artists or R and B cats or anything like that right now that you're listening to? Um, you know, so I always like to listen to uh i like i've got my ones that i always return to um like jacob banks is a big one i love jacob banks yeah um and then kind of similar is this this i think also british uh person victor taiwo who i don't know what they've been up to lately but uh is a big like that those are two different versions of kind of like that new age r&b and stuff um yeah. The new Steve Lacey stuff is cool. I was kind of out on Steve Lacey for a little bit, but uh, yeah, Same. It's, it's yeah, exactly. Back in a yeah, there's bit. you know, there's it's different than what he it's different than what he used to do, but it's still right. Like, yeah, it's you know, so it's got kinda, a little more. He's trying something different, a little more kind of like you know modern flair or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Um, there's actually this other this other artist on on my label, um, Girl Thomas, who's real cool like your old Thomas a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, FK twigs isn't quite R&B, R&B ish. Uh, but man, that, that, that first album, uh, with video oh, on yeah. it, I think, I think I played that album nonstop for legit two years. Like that's it, all I would I listen remember, to. It's such a good album. For some reason, FK twigs came through Nashville kind of early on when that whole record was kind of starting to take mm-hmm. off. And played uh, the now defunct Mercy Lounge, which is like a was a I'll say roughly like a three hundred fifty cap, but came in with like yeah. production 
at the level of like a you know an arena level show, and that was uh, man, that was wild for me as far as seeing that because that was kind of like the first time I had seen what was obviously a tens of thousands of dollar like stage production uh, in a an otherwise like kind of rock and roll club and so that was real cool that was a great show and yep. then there's you know there's the classics for me as far as like the delphonics are a huge 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 influence in terms of like how they use their musicality there's uh oh the you know pastor t.l barrett obviously I, that's a big one um and then I'm trying to think of the manhattans that song hurt oh yeah i love that song hurt I think partially because that was always the song that backed a bunch of those uh, high school hoops mixtapes, and uh, you know, yeah, and, right. and it's always like you know some chopped and screwed version of it, and someone's hitting like a hezzy or or crossing someone over, and it slow mos, and it's it's right on that it breaks my heart, and I don't know. So that's so that song's got like you know personal history that's just even more kind of. I don't know, anecdotally amusing. But yeah, so that's my dissertation on all my different uh, R&B kind of go-tos lately. Well, it's cool because like, like I think that like the main thing we like to do is still let people know that like, just because you like country music, oh, like, yeah. you know, every, I, I guarantee you everybody that like does country music, plays country music is a part of it. They don't just go home and just do like, Stuff that you would hear on like an old seventies oh, record, sure, yeah. like which George <laughs> you know Strait I mean? album like, will I play today? Right, yeah. Like, all right, Patsy Cline once again for the three hundredth day in a row. Here we are, old friend. Yeah. Well, that's those sad uh, rockabilly cats. I, they're a yeah, different breed. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want any sad rockabilly cats listening to Country Brothers. (laughs) Yeah, band, get out of here. You can take Reverend Horror and Heat and get the fuck out. Yeah, you and your mad sin. (laughs) Yeah, man, I don't know. It's a great genre, uh, with the exception of Reverend Horror and Heat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they're not listening. (laughs) It better not be. Well, cool. Where can uh, people find you on the interweb, social medias and such? Oh, yeah. Well, there's the classic uh, Yours Truly's award-winning URL, um, longest website and domain in country music, <laughs> www.dalehollowcountrymusicsuperstar.com. Um, and then I always like to push uh, the Dale's sales section of my website. So that's www.dalehollowcountrymusicsuperstar.com forward slash or backslash uh, Dale hyphen dales hyphen sales uh so feel free to check that out folks um otherwise usually dale hollow music on uh instagram i say usually and then uh the dale hollow on twitter i've been a little more active on that and then uh, i think dale hollow on tiktok and my youtube and all that stuff get more active on that too you know got to be a content creator and got to got to activate the uh activate the mm-hmm. algorithm as they say leading into this album cycle so uh check me out there and if you see and if you see del hollow in uh manhattan bother him for two three yeah. hours and follow him chances around are yours truly is going to be looking everybody in the <laughs> eyes just waiting and praying that someone has a little glimmer of recognition and then i'm going to 
respectfully pull you aside and just give you the whole run through of the history of yours truly and i'll i'll recite all the lyrics of the new record to you and until you you know i don't know hop out into traffic or something i don't know that, that was a little more that sounds like a win-win to me <laughs> well that's right yeah that, that's new confidential living, information baby. so <laughs> Well, thanks for hopping on, yeah, man. This is a blast. Guys. Thanks for thanks for putting up with my rambling. Hey, man, that's what we're here so for. We rambling. We 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 love stories. Big fans. Fucking uh, can't wait for the new record to come out. Shit is gonna be fire. Uh, I'm gonna be like, yo, girl, you want to come listen to this this new Del Hollow? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, all right, I'm putting it out there. The new Del Hollow is gonna get you laid. Yeah, so, yeah. Especially come out, get it. with a song like uh, "Don't Want to Do Anything." That's that's going to be a real, uh, <laughs> a re- <laughs> that's really going to get the blood flowing. Hell yeah! Slide to my DMs. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> well, thank you, all right, all, man. All right, I'm a huge fan of this cool. show. I'm I'm thrilled to get to to be on. Thank you, thank you. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, y'all. We're gonna sign off right now.